We're going to go to the Dude Maker Hotline, and we'll talk to a very old friend who has a wonderful new uh, book out called The End of Woman, How Smashing the Patriarchy Has Destroyed Us. You know her as Carrie Gress. And uh, this book, though, is a little bit different than uh, the uh, the anti-Mary and the Marian option and theology of home, because this book is published by Regnery Publishing. And if you don't know, Alfred Regnery was one of those uh, founders of, uh, he, he was at the same time as M. Stan Evans and uh, William F. Buckley and a few other guys. He started a couple of pu publications you may have heard of. Uh, one of them is the National Review, which of course is a piece of uh, birdcage. Uh, it's liner for a birdcage these days. And the other one, or one of the other ones is Human Events. So uh, Alfred Regnery was a great man, started a publishing company. Carrie's now got a book out through Regnery Publishing, and she's still talking to us. That in and of itself is worth celebrating. So without further ado, Carrie, uh, Carrie Gress, author of The End of Woman. Hello, my friend. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing so well. How are you? It's great to be here. I am well. And nice to know that my uh, my emails and phone calls are still returned. And <laughs> oh, goodness. <of> course. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's it like uh, yeah. working for writing a book, though, for a publisher that's not Catholic? That's got to be a different experience, huh? You know, it's it's been really great, actually. I um I've had an amazing experience with them. That just even the whole, um, the editing process was just fascinating to watch. Very different, um, a lot more layers, and um, and then of course the the publicity side has just been amazing. They just, I, you know, I think this is like my thirty fifth interview or something in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I feel like I've been everywhere, but. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, it's been really great. I mean, that, that the whole idea of going with a secular publisher was just to reach a, a different audience with a similar kind of message. And I, you know, I had so many people over the years saying, "Why can you do this so that Protestants will read it or secular people will read it?" And um, obviously, I couldn't write the same book, so I need to write something new. But I, I feel like what I have written in the End of Woman is really complementary to certainly the anti-Mary. If people like the anti-Mary exposed, they're going to love this book because it just picks off picks up in a lot of ways that things I didn't touch on in that book, and then um, goes deeper and really connects up the whole trans piece, which I think, you know, a lot of us are like, where did this even come from? And, you know, some of us have an idea, but um, I dug deep. I went, you know, 200 years ago and started there and uh, just moved forward one, one awful ideological step at a time. Well, you broke this book into four parts, uh, which is a, a little bit different. But what, the, what to me, the really the signa, uh, this, the thing that sets this work apart from the the previous works. Uh, number one, you draw on some of what you did in the anti Mary, and draw on some of what you have written in opinion columns. But number two, you're drawing upon these stories. One, one of, <laughs> I, as soon as I got the book, Carrie, I went right to go see. It's a story about the is a story about the lesbians and the snake in the apartment in New York in the book and. <laughs> Sure enough, it is. <laughs> it's got to be in there. It has to be. It's my most hated but favorite story. <laughs> yeah. No, it's pretty, one of those amazing stories. It's just got to, it had to be in the book. So, yeah. So that's Kate yeah. and the Lost Girls, right? Yeah. Kate Millett and um, all of her friends um, that have destroyed the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not, it's, let's not go that. No, they have. <laughs> they right. have. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, let, I, I don't think we have any idea how much damage they've done. Well, yeah. which, 
Kate Mill is not around. Uh, is not no longer around to, to ponder that question. Unfortunately, or, um, pondering in a different way now. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start with the here. Let's start with the uh, at the beginning. And our time is short here today, folks. But we will. Uh, uh, when she has free time, we'll, we'll we will have Carrie back, and we'll delve a little deeper into this. Um, I want to go back to your your doctoral thesis and how you got your PhD. You studied the uh, the medieval times. So let me just ask you a question as a historian um, and kind of the basis for this book about smashing the patriarchy. Was the life of a woman, a married woman with lots of luxuriance in Christendom, was it doyle, was it was it toil and drudgery and misery and sorrow as is as it's depicted in, in, in basically chattel slavery? Was was it that terrible? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it depends on the period in which you're 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 plucking. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the whole idea of this slavery and chattel has obviously been totally played up. I think you know, life is just harder. I mean, this is one of the things that I think we forget looking back, like just how challenging it was and how you had, you know, you had this incredible division of labor that had to happen just for people to survive. And um, you know, I think that there's there's definitely an embellishment. Um, we do know that obviously there were women who had horrible lives. I think you know the, the opening story that I have in in the end of Woman is just this awful story of this poor woman who just like couldn't get a break. And um, anyway, so yeah, I, I think though the um, the way that it's articulated and as you know, women as slaves is just has been it, it served an ideological purpose, and you know that's what they've they've run with. Um, but no, I think you also have to look <laughs> at men's lives. They just Started, I just listened to a couple of his great historical you know, master classes. One of them was on Vikings, and, you know, it was just like, oh, my goodness, the things that people lived through. Um, you know, all hand-to-hand, sword fighting, you know, things didn't, people weren't shot from distances. <laughs> Limbs were chopped off and hacked up, and, you know, these are marauders come in totally unexpectedly, burn everything down, kill the men, you know, take everybody else into slavery. I mean, it's just amazing what we just have no concept of um, in terms of what people have, have dealt with historically. And, um, so I think those are all important things to keep in mind when we're sifting through all, you know, all these ideological pieces and what it is that they're trying to achieve through the feminist movement. And um, yeah, that painting well, that picture, but the, the way they have, it's been a real Okay, okay, I'm going to get a finer drill point. So <laughs> let me get the, down to that one-eighth inch bit. I started, started with the one inch. Let's go down to the one-eighth. So what I mean specifically then is the wife of a Christian mother and wife, mm-hmm. woman, who is living in Christian. Let's forget about having to milk the cow and all the chores. Was her <laughs> life just not fulfilling and just filled with misery is the, no. was the question. That's, that's what I meant no. to say. Yes. No, okay. no. I mean, uh, of course not, because it, it, I mean that, that's the beauty of having a relationship with God and having a culture that understands the relationship with God is that it, it, you know we understand we, we we have a sense of of suffering, we have a sense of purpose, we have a a sense of um, the grandeur and, and wonder of God, you know, and, and that's even the beauty of the churches that were built at that point. You know, where are they putting all their energies? It's these churches that. Most of the time, the people that were building them knew they would never see the finished product. It was, you know, 100 years out. Um, they're thinking of their children and grandchildren and trying to build something with an everlasting, you know, lasting purpose. So, no. Okay. So. All right. So now, yeah. now we've established our basis here uh, so we can move forward. Uh, with we don't have enough time, Mike. <laughs> 
You see, I you may have had, you may have done thirty five previous inter- interviews, but thirty five people hadn't previously interviewed you, ma'am, and I have. No one has started there. That's right. No one has started there. I could definitely say that. Okay, now so we're talking with, with Carrie. The new book is The End of Woman. It's in hardback. It's a beautiful book. Now, how smashing the patriarchy has destroyed us, ladies. Go get yourself a copy at shop.mikechurch.com. It's already in the store. And men too. Men will like this book. No, no, okay, right, right. Well, I, I read all your books. <laughs> well, and you are a man. That's right. All right. No, so, I mean, I purposefully wanted this to be a book that, that men would read and they wouldn't feel oh, like okay. being, you know, beaten up again, because I think that's, and I've gotten a lot of pushback on that over the years with, with anti-Mary, too. Like, why aren't you blaming more on men? It's like, well, they've been blamed for everything. Why can't we start looking at this in a, in a more equitable fashion? <laughs> um, you know, one or two books that doesn't do that, I think, is going to, you know, should be allowed to be in the marketplace. So I looked into the uh, chapter titles, and without even reading uh, <laughs> the, the chapters, I've been at this for 32 years on air, maybe three or four years before, just just kind of waddling around and reading. So I look at the chapter titles and I go, I know who that's about. 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 I, I look at Betty and the Communist Mystique. And I'm like, did you actually write a, chat- a chapter about Betty Friedan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a barn burner. I love it. It's amazing the stuff I found on Betty Friedan. I have no idea. I oh, she was wicked. Oh, absolutely she wicked. Really a, a piece of work. Yeah. And that, um, it was so fun to pull pull things out. I was able to connect things with Bella Dodd that I don't think anybody ever connected before. You know, Bella Dodd was obviously this communist that left the Communist Party after, you know, really infiltrating the uh, education. And um, she set up this group called the Congress for American Women. And um, uh, Betty Friedan actually ends up quoting something, almost word for word, that Bella Dodd wrote. Um, about the establishment of the Congress for American Women. It was basically just a, a communist, you know, Soviet propaganda machine for women. And that Ferdan was involved in it. And um, so it's in feminist mis- or the, the Feminine Mystique. She's got this piece that's just plucked literally from, from the, like, the bylaws of the, the Congress for American Women. So anyway, it was really fascinating to dig into her and her life and just how much of a cover-up it all was. Um, you know, making herself look like she was just this humble housewife. <laughs> and I, I got to tell you that uh, uh, that Mrs. Chur and I laughed out loud this morning. She goes, "What are you laughing at?" I said, "Carrie." She said, "What?" And I said, uh, "Madonna has recently been on Twitter saying something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing, something to the effect, uh, smash the patriarchy, don't oh, death to the patriarchy forever in all caps." And then you quipped afterwards, "Well." Uh, uh, suppression is something a woman who's worth $850 million must know an awful lot about. <laughs> and, and that's the amazing thing, actually, is just how wealthy most of the women in this movement, especially early on, were. You know, Mary Wollstonecraft was no millionaire, but um, so many of the others were very um, upper class. You know, Elizabeth Cady Stanton was very wealthy. Um, very wealthy background. Like she actually had to ask her husband and some of his friends what the complaints of middle class women were, so that she could write those in the Seneca Falls um, conference notes and things like that. You know, it's just no idea. So yeah, it's re- it's really remarkable um, to just start, start picking out these patterns and seeing like 
these are people that are really out of touch. <laughs> 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 a lot of time. <laughs> well, then earlier in the book, you have a chapter, uh, Mary and the Romantics, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm browsing through this, and this is a subject that is very near and dear to my heart. I'm one of the few people that covered this, uh, even before that wretched show made it onto FX, with the one that is nar- uh, narrated by Danny DeVito, where mm-hmm. the daughter is the daughter of Satan, and they're kind of, and they, and they want to go make a happy home in hell. Mm-hmm. For the yeah. child. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. No, it's, it's just not hiding anymore. It's just amazing how it's everywhere. And, you know, you just sort of thumb through any anything that covers popular culture, and it's it's out there. It's just amazing. In fact, even when I went and saw Barbie, I took my daughters there, and I wrote a review about it. And um, even the opening, you know, the, the trailers before Barbie, I think at least two out of the 17 or whatever were <laughs> very much demonic you know um that whole kind of piece was was in play in the, those trailers like did we have to watch that <laughs> now, yeah. did, uh, barbie is the highest grossing film warner brothers studio has ever made that's amazing it's amazing it's not even funny i mean that's the amazing yeah. thing is it it's literally not funny um i think i laughed out loud about you know some of the ken lines but um yeah, it's a, it's just even from the perspective of my book and looking at what feminism has done and the way that it does things, it's just a, a perfect example of um, you know first of all making men appear to be totally unnecessary. Yep. Not a single necessary man in the whole movie. Also, the chaos that ensues when men have any kind of power um, is very clear, and you know everything goes back to normal and is very perfect and happy again once the women regain control. Um, so it's you know it's just a perfect pitch of um, the order that women bring to the world and and whatnot, um, and then of course it's just this amazing marketing, and that's what the feminism has done so well over the, the centuries is just market itself well, and I, I think they were like you know a lot of these ladies are getting older, no one's listening to you know Diane Feinstein anymore. Maybe we should get a new you know crop of women on this, and so they throw out a lot of pink, they throw out a lot of nostalgia, and there's a few poignant moments that sort of hit you in the heart. But otherwise, it's just pure and simple feminist propaganda. Well, there's enough of that to go around. The End of Woman, How Smashing the Patriarchy Has Destroyed Us by Carrie Grass. Again, find it in the Founders Trading Post at shop.mikechurch.com. So I break the uh, first three parts of the book down thus. Uh, Feel free to use my my caricatures if you will. Are you ready? Part one. Sure. The Kiefer Sutherland part. The Lost Girls, Part 2, Tina Fey, Part 3, Dylan Mulvaney. So we go from Lost Boys to the Mean Girls to No Girls at All. <laughs> yep, that's exactly the progression, yep. Confused <laughs> women, made women really mean and awful, and then they just got rid of women altogether. That's pretty much the the way it comes about. So we're almost out of time. I snuck forward to the end under the chapter uh, uh, Mother. And, of course, now you're writing this. This is for a secular audience, obviously. Uh, and because I know you and I know your work, and I'm reading and going like, our lady is going to be really, really happy with you. Uh, sneaking those little things in there about the matriarch and the matriarchy and the beauty and necessity of it and how it needs the patriarchy. The father and the son are necessary to have the mother of God. There it is. There it is. Yep. Yep, I said it. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
something I, I, I think this is what many people are hungry for too. I've, I've gotten some, some feedback from people who've, you know, been so grateful for that last chapter. And I've had women say, you know, I just read it in tears. It was so beautiful. Um, so I think people are just starving for an ordered sense of woman, you know, around the world. This isn't just among Catholics for sure. Um, and, and when they see it, they know it and it feels amazing to sort of have someone recognize it again, instead of just this constant churning of you're not who we want you to be yet. Um, and I, I think that that's, there's something, um, like the soul can rest in that. And, and that's really what I, I tried to do in that last chapter was just to help people see the beauty of this. Cause we haven't said anything good about being a woman and particularly a mother in 50 years. So, that's right. you know, we're hungry for it. No, I think that the, that they are, and uh, uh, we'll just wrap it up because you got to get to mass, and uh, 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 we'll have you back because I want to talk more about this uh, when when you can work us into your busy schedule. Um, but I remember, and you know, I I, I I quoted you yesterday to Brother Andre Marie, and I, and he and I were talking about the assumption, and I said I said my friend Carrie Grass wrote to me the most significant little blurb about the Blessed Virgin that I, and I can repeat it from memory here, in the start of the Marian option, she says that in the history of the human race, no other figure outside of our Lord himself is more loved, more more painted, more sculpted, more drawn, and imagery, and name your media, than Mary of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And that does not, and, and primarily prior to the modern era, almost all of these artistries or artistries uh, are made by men in love with and in love uh, and in love for the Blessed Virgin. Patriarchy and matriarchy going hand in hand, right there, one necessary to the other. Absolutely, we can't we can't survive, and that's what we're we're doing is just destroying it with this culture of resentment and um, and bitterness towards each other. So. Yeah, it's really beautiful when you when you actually see them work together and and can see that complementarity. I think that's what we're all really craving. So hopefully that's what my help, my book will help bring back to the moral imagination of the readers. Well, I can't wait to see Leslie Stahl grill you, um, <laughs> oh <my laughs> or Scott Pelly yeah, scowl at you. I can't wait to see the women of the view get a hold of this, and I really mean oh, that. Man. Oh man! No, we want no. that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might want that to happen. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I I want them to have to confront the fact that they need patriarchy. That's that's yeah. <laughs> that's no, what I want. That's to happen. true. I would love to see that happen. For sure. All right, she is Carrie Grass. She's got to go, and we will talk to her again soon. The book is called The End of Woman How Smashing the Patriarchy Has Destroyed Us. Get it right next to the Anti Mary, Three Theologies of Home, and the Marian Option, and the Marian Option for Children. You're going to have a Carrie Grass shopping field day today, folks, at <laughs> shop.mikechurch.com. All right, sister, love you. Uh, to give our best to Joe, you know, to, uh, to Mr. Mr. Carrie, and we'll talk soon. <laughs> All right, sounds great. Okay. Thanks so much. All right, bye-bye.